Because just as those birds were made to fly and those seals are made to swim, God has created you and me to be in relationship with him. We are meant for this. Whoa, let there be light. We are created for this. That's who I am. That's who you are. Our very nature is designed for this one thing, to be in communion with God. Um, there's a story, uh, well, there's a, there's a, a verse uh, after God saves the Israelites from Egypt and they're, they're wandering around in the wilderness. God gives them a way of life. And this way of life is a life in God's presence. And he, he says to them, choose life. So the verse says, as it's on the screen, Today I have given you the choice between life and death. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. And so just as those, those um, you know, you gotta, I just want you to picture yourself, I guess, as maybe that seal reluctant to go into the water for the first time or that bird reluctant to fly for that first time. Imagine yourself on that ledge and uh, we're taking the plunge into going deeper in a personal relationship with God. I'm assuming that we're all poised wanting to go deeper, aren't we? I want you to consider for a moment this. Why are you sitting here this morning? What do you desire in this place? What are you looking for? To get here, you got up and got dressed instead of sleeping in. And you passed places that serve a really good breakfast and coffee. But you kept coming to this place instead. Why? What do you desire in this place? What are you longing for? What are you longing for God to do in your life? As we begin this series this morning, I want us to get thinking about what we desire. In particular, our longing for life and our longing for God. Now, all this talk about desire can make us, seem, make us feel a bit hot under the collar because from the dawn of time, people have described desire in terms of fire. You know, um, if you're into pop music, I'm sure a whole lot of songs come to mind um, because desire in us is powerful. When I stop to think about my deepest desires, um, they, are, they are what drives me. It's everything about who I am. I want to be loved and I want to love. I want intimate friends that I can trust and share my life with. I want to know and be known by people who I live with, people in my community. I want to feel like I belong. I want to feel also at home in my own skin. I want to feel good about myself. I want to be ignited by a purpose too. I want to be fruitful I want to live and work for something that matters, something that matters beyond myself, something lasting. And, and I want adventure. I'm sure there's other things that come to your mind. But we all have these deep desires. And those desires are God-made and God-given. The desires of your heart, they won't be denied and they shouldn't be denied because they are precisely what leads you to God. They are there because we are made in God's image. We are passionate beings because God himself 
is passionate. Sometimes we get this impression that God is staid and pretty straight-laced and perhaps a little bit boring. But I want to help you to see that, that that picture is just a wrong picture of God. God is passionate and that's why he's made us in his own image as passionate people. We will never get to the depths of God's nature. He will be forever revealing new aspects of his incredible nature to us. But one thing that God has revealed about himself loud and clear throughout the biblical story is that God is all out for us. He's on our side. Listen to these verses that describe aspects of God's passionate love for us. And um, being Mother's Day, I've chosen a, a bit of a mother analogy for the first one. So from Isaiah 49, it says this, Can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name on the palm of my hands. That's God speaking to his people. And Zephaniah, good old Zephaniah, chapter 3. I'm sure you've read Zephaniah recently. (laughs) Um, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty saviour. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. That doesn't sound like a dull God. doesn't sound like a staid, straight-laced person singing songs over us, delighting in us. And then Ephesians speaks of, of God's passion in the light of Jesus. It says this, And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So God doesn't come to us out of duty or obligation. It's not like, ah, oh, I, I guess I better go down and, you know, do what I sh- I'm supposed to do. He doesn't need to prove to us that he is good or that he's doing the sacrificial thing. He comes to us because he delights in us. We are his beloved. Because he delights in us, he is extravagantly eager to make sacrifices for us. So the cross, where God suffers dreadfully on our behalf, is very real. But it is God's delight in and desire for us that calls God to do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the pain that, that of love is real, as, as everyone knows who's ever had a broken heart. But it's secondary to the delight of loving and of being loved, which is what makes it all worth the risk. And so God risks everything to come to us, to be with us, to show us his passionate pursuit of us. In Hebrews, it says of Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What was that joy? That we might be in relationship with God. Just as God is so passionate towards us, he longs for us to respond to him 
with the same passion. So what I want to do now is talk, to, talk a little bit about how do we respond passionately to God? How do we sort of, I guess, develop that sense of desire for God? And I think we have to navigate a few things because, like I said before, desire is powerful and, you know, often it's referred to as a fire. And that's because passion and desire can be dangerous too. Our passage in Galatians helps us to navigate our desires and especially um, help us in learning to desire God. Paul spends considerable time in, um, in this letter to the Galatians, arguing in his letter that all those who believe in Jesus Christ are free. He says, you're free to live fully in relationship with God, free from your past, free from your sinful passions, and also free from a rule-based life. Sin is what happens when our God-given desire is corrupted and becomes destructive. Sin happens when those good desires God has given us are misdirected. We try to satisfy those desires, but not by pursuing God, but by going down other paths. It's not the desire that's the problem. It's who or what we look to to satisfy those desires. And, and the fact is that, the, that God is the only one who can ultimately satisfy our desires. Otherwise, we, we sing along with Mick Jagger, I can't get no satisfaction. And it's only God who, who can do that. Paul, um, in the passage that we read, he, um, he kind of gives us two lists. He gives us the list as what happens when our desires um, are misdirected. And that list is, is this, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, Jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties. Does that sound like a good neighbourhood to live in? (laughs) I don't think so. Um, But then when we direct our desire to God, the Holy Spirit bears fruit in us. And this is what comes. This is what comes from us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Worlds apart, aren't they, when you see them together like that? What we often have done in the church is to keep us from falling back into reckless, unhealthy, and sinful pursuit of our passions. We place rules around us to blockade us from getting caught up in those things again. Makes sense, doesn't it? Let's, let's put up boundaries because we don't want to fall into those, those areas of life that just it ruins us, it destroys us. But often the end result of all that is that we, we actually become a people who suppress desire and we become very rule-driven and we actually can look pretty bland, a bit boring and very safe. And worse still, Sin still sneaks in, right? So you've got this kind of safer, blander space, but sin still seeps in on, um, in different ways. And so there's that caricature of church that I'm sure you've all seen. 
And when, when, whenever there's a church scene in a movie, more often than not, there's this caricature of, you know, of a people who are suspicious of desire and that does all it can to restrain and inhibit desire from being shown. So um, where you go, um, so it's where you go when you want to get on the straight and narrow, but it's not exciting. The tragedy of this to me is that in order to not sin, we give up desire altogether and we misrepresent God as well as boring and restrained. The opposite of desire is not holiness. The opposite of desire is not holiness. It's dullness. And God is holy, but God is not stayed, restrained and dull. So this was the Galatians issue as well. They didn't want to use their freedom in Christ to go back to reckless sin, but the other way of a cautious sort of desire-quenched life was not really good either. God doesn't want us to stamp out our passion and our personality and make us all conform to a bland and restrained life. Paul is saying that there's a third way, a way made available by the work of God accomplished in Jesus. Allow the power of God's spirit to direct your life, not to quench desire, but to reshape our desire. The Lord loves the passion and excitement of his people, but he wants it to be coupled with surrender, with a yieldedness and a sensitivity to God's timing and God's leading. And we can trust that. And this can only happen with the Holy Spirit at work in us. We need to let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. So what does that look like? Well, I kind of get a picture of, and I know this is probably a bit old-fashioned now with um, digital technology coming in, but you know um, if, you, if you had a satellite TV, um, you have to sort of turn the satellite and get it just at the right spot. Otherwise, you're, you, you wouldn't get reception. And um, equally for us, I think a life going deeper in a relation with personal relationship with God is one where we turn and we face, we face God in our life, just like the satellite dish needs to. And we lean in to what's, what's the Spirit saying. And to do that, you kind of need to know who God is. And the Bible really helps us to give us a picture of that. We need to talk to God. And prayer gives us that, that option. We also need to share with, in it, with other Christians, um, be encouraged by one another. And, and to me, if, if we're all doing that and we're all committed to facing, um, facing the Spirit and, and walking with the Spirit each day, then we see those fruits of the Spirit grow in us. Psalm 37.4 says this. It says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will grant you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will grant you the desires of your heart. I think sometimes we get the impression, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll take all your desires away from you. That's not what it says. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will grant you the desires of your heart. So church life is not about restraining desire by following rules that will hold us back, Church life is about allowing God to redirect our desires so that we can flourish.
So let's picture ourselves back on that ledge, ready to take the plunge, ready to go deeper into a personal relationship with God. I wonder what that might mean for you today. What, what might that mean in your personal walk with God? The starting point in going deeper with God is desire for him. If you don't want it, you won't grow and you won't experience the intimacy with God that he longs for us to enjoy. Going deeper into life with God is not only vital for you, but it's also vital for all of us in, in our church. Imagine if our whole church was full of people on that ledge still waiting to jump. What might the culture be like in a church like that? A church without passion cannot grow. It will be stunted. If we are not wanting God to fill us more with himself, then people won't see God in us and we won't look much different to anyone else. What draws people to us is Christ in us. So the more passionately we pursue Christ and desire him, the more we are changed by his presence. There's less of us and there's more of him. That's what people need to see. We may have a desire for good things um, in our church. We may desire being a bigger church or making an impact in our neighbourhood or attracting families into our community, doing a great job at community care. They're all really good things to desire. But that shouldn't be our first desire. The first desire must be for God. So we can't forsake our first love, which is God himself. If we do that, we won't receive our vision as a church because our vision doesn't come by pursuing those things we hope for, um, as I mentioned just before, but, um, but they come from this primary goal. We get our vision by earnestly seeking him. We come to our time of, of response now, uh, and I just encourage you to get your response cards out and your pencil um, ready to, to just reflect for yourself on um, um, what, you've, what you've felt God saying to you today. Um, it may have been through, through the message. It may have also been through any other part of the service. Um, I have some questions which should come up on the screen for us to, to respond to. Let me just read them out. What does it mean to you that God is delighting in you today, just as you are? What, what, does, that, what does that do inside you? God is delighting in you just as you are today. What am I being invited to let go of in order to go deeper with God? Perhaps you've heard the message today and you've felt like, oh, there's certain things that I know I need to let go of if I'm going to um, head in this direction. And lastly, how can I deepen my desire for God? What, what can you do? What's, what's an actual um, practice that you can um, you can try in the coming weeks. I'm just going to leave um, you with, a, there'll be a little bit of music and just a bit of space for you to um, to write something. And um, when the song, the final song's being sung, uh, David will come around and, and collect those response cards. Uh, just for for anyone who's new, the reason why David collects them is, is uh, because we, as a ministry team, we pray for you um, and uh, we would love to be able to um, to just have a record of um, of what's happening in people's lives 
uh, as we um, as we hear from God this morning.